0: Guess what, everybody? The Chim Music Podcast is going to broadcast live on March 26th from Eleven Wells Distillery near downtown St. Paul. That's right. Eleven Wells Distillery, which has wonderful spirits like the Minnesota 13 Barrel Age Whiskey as well as the Boiler Room Barrel Age Rum. You've heard us talk about the Eleven Wells on the show. You can come see for yourself while listening to myself, Jim Suhan, and Roy Smalley talk about baseball, spirits, music, and more baseball. So check us out at 11 Wells Distillery on March 26th at 7 p.m. See you there.
1: John, I go on vacation and all hell breaks loose. Uh, the wild trade for a championship goalie. The twins sign one of the best players in baseball. The, the Vikings continue making all these moves. And I, so let's start with the biggest news of the month. It sounds like the Vikings are getting Sean Mannion back.
0: Finally, the, the, the national nightmare is over. The, the, the concern that we had about the quarterback room has been addressed. Sean Mannion is back, baby. He's back.
1: I just don't understand why Minnesota fans always try to pretend that they don't get what they want. They're getting exactly what they want to get Sean Mannion back. Uh, I just hope that for Sean's sake, for the sake of the Minnesota Vikings, for the sake of our sanity, we never have to see him play again.
0: (laughs) That would would be ideal. Um, What I do hope is that, Eventually, they draft a young quarterback who they think actually can develop in that room and um, and and maybe not Kato to Kirk Cousins as much on that end of things because they paid him so much money. But, um, you know, clearly Sean Mannion is a warm nookie blankie for that uh, that that quarterback room. They love having him in there. I'm sure he's a really nice guy. Um, and uh, maybe a future coach in this league. But from a pure throwing of the ball standpoint, I think he leaves a little bit to be desired in that department.
1: And I also think uh, I will defend the Vikings this far on the Sean Manning as your backup strategy. You're basically when you overpay your starter starting quarterback, it's hard to go out and spend a lot on your backup quarterback. And I don't know, I'm, I'm a little fuzzy on this. Uh, again, coming back from vacation, might not have all my facts straight, but didn't the Vikings draft a young quarterback to develop recently? I, it, it rings a bell,
0: but I, for, for, I think that the, the head coach kind of, you know, told us that, uh, maybe that, that young quarterback is, uh, not exactly ready for prime time, but uh, maybe maybe this new uh, offensive-minded coach will be able to unlock Kellen Mond the way that Mike Zimmer never was able to.
1: Uh, it's, a, it's a possibility. It's a theory. Of course, bringing back Sean Manning is probably an indication that that's not, not likely to happen anytime soon. They're yeah. not holding their breath, that's for sure. Hey, this is the Viking Update show, part of the TalkNorth.com podcast network. He's John Krasinski from The Athletic. I'm Jim Suhan from The Star TV, and Brandon Morton is our producer. Thank you for listening. We do recommend subscribing to the show or our network at your favorite podcast app. It's the easiest way to listen, and it's free. You can always go to TalkNorth.com and find all the shows, the archives of all of our shows, uh, information on live shows, everything else. You can also follow us on Twitter at TalkNorthPod and see uh, all the information on the network, uh, shows as they come out, live shows, everything else. By the way, Lavelle, Neil, and I will do a a twin show and talk about Carlos Correa, 7 p.m. on Saturday night at 11 Wells Distillery over in St. Paul. Uh, Cool place, great liquor, uh, and Lavelle. What more do you want? So let's get into uh, some maybe perhaps bigger issues than Sean Manning. Uh, you know, since I last spoke with you, the Vikings did extend Kirk Cousins. They did bring in Jordan Hicks. And they did, you know, finalize their their deal, making sure they would have Daniel Hunter back. And And, you know, we're talking here on Tuesday morning. News could break it any time if the Vikings either got or missed out on Zadarius Smith, but he would be a significant addition as well. Where do you want to start today
0: yeah i mean i I do think that um you know the zadarius Smith inquiry and and entertaining of him as a free agent is is really interesting. I mean, when you think about what this team has to do and wants to do to change their lot defensively um adding an edge rusher like that someone who has a history of really wreaking havoc on quarterbacks and someone who um for whatever reason kind of backed out of a deal with the Baltimore Ravens uh that would be a huge get I think for the Vikings I think that there would be some question marks still about you know the health of both Daniil Hunter and Zadarius Smith but if you could get them back to Somewhere close to what they were pre injuries for both of them, uh, all of a sudden, this new 3 4 defense that they are going to be installing looks a heck of a lot stingier and a, heck, and a heck of a lot feistier. And I think that, you know, we have talked so much about Kirk Cousins, about what you do with this offense, about what Kevin O'Connell can do to kind of unlock it. But I really do think that the key going forward here for the next year or two as long as kirk cousins is their quarterback is they have to get a better defense going and they have to get some a a unit in there that is going to be able to hold opponents under wraps a heck of a lot better than the last couple of years under mike zimmer and so you know if you can put bookend both hunter and smith uh in 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 kind of a new look defense that all of a sudden makes me kind of perk my ears up a little bit more than even whether it's retaining adam Thielen and getting him you know uh you know under lock and key keeping kirk cousins like all of these other things that they're doing they have so much work to do defensively that that would be a big one and you know um I'm not sure if because we still we don't have any news right now if that's good news or bad news for the Vikings, but um, just the fact that they're in the game for a, for a player of that caliber I think is is really important.
1: Agreed, and uh, we'll get more into the details here, but I will actually go big picture here. Uh, and listen, we're talking in mid-March. We don't know what the season's going to be like. There are always surprises, good and bad, uh, across the board. There are always new playoff teams that rise up. I will just say that, you know, I'm, I've never since I saw Kirk Cousins start playing for the Vikings, because I actually thought signing him at the time was a logical move. Um, you know, I just have not been a Cousins guy. Uh, I think he lacks leadership. I have all kinds of issues with him, even though he is a, an accurate passer. What's interesting, though, is with the exodus of good quarterbacks from the NFC to the AFC, I look at the NFC and I think, man, I mean, Cousins is a top-five quarterback in the NFC. He might be the fourth-best quarterback in the NFC. Garoppolo still might get moved out of the NFC. Uh, And I look at the NFC in terms of who's really good. Obviously, the Rams are really good. Uh, Obviously, the Bucs with Brady back are really good. And the Cowboys are a good regular season team that you just can't trust. But beyond that, I'm not sure how many – and you know, I'm just not sure how many teams are – definitively better right now than the Vikings, even a Vikings team coming off a, a mediocre season. Yeah, I, I mean, I do think that this is obviously the balance
0: of power has shifted into the AFC um, by quite you know a significant margin. And I don't know, though. Um, you, you, I think your point is well taken in terms of the NFC, you could say, is pretty wide open. Um, you look at kind of who the Vikings would be... You, Let's just even stipulate, even with Devontae Adams, which we'll get to a little bit later in the show, even with Devontae Adams going to the Raiders, that with Aaron Rodgers, Green Bay is better than Minnesota. Um, I think that you have to say that right now. Maybe that will not prove to be the case, but as of right now, at least the way that I look at it, Green Bay is. But New Orleans, mess. Philadelphia, who knows what you're going to get there. Um, Washington, will Carson Wentz do anything for Washington? no, there's no reason won't. to really to, to expect that um, Arizona seems to have stubbed their toe a little bit. And who knows what happens with Kyler Murray and and all of that. But that's another team that I would watch um, you know, kind of as a team that could certainly be a cut above what the Vikings are. But um, but yeah, it's a muddled picture in, in the NFC. And so I do think that's also a little bit why the Wilfs have been reluctant to go full rebuild. Because I think that they look at the picture out there and say, hey, this is a team that if you get into the playoffs and you get the right matchup, maybe you can make some noise. And um, I think it says less about necessarily the talent that you have assembled on your roster and maybe more about the state of the NFC in general. But uh, yeah, I think that the NFC has the potential to be really bad with like Seattle will probably bottom out, you know. Uh, Atlanta is going to bottom out now that Matt Ryan has has is has, has gone from there. The the Panthers, I mean, if they get Baker Mayfield, yay, you know, big you know, big deal. Like, there's just so many teams that are that are going to be easily beaten. That um, if you can put a competent offense together with a defense that is not a pushover, that's going to win you some games in the NFC, and and that's going to have you right in the thick of it. And so. That's i mean, it's an interesting point just to look at the how wide open it is, how few great quarterbacks there are left in the NFC, and what that means for what the Vikings could potentially do next season.
1: Yeah, I just can't as you said the Packers are better than the Vikings demonstrably right now. They're you know, even without Adams, they're still a better team on paper right now because of Rodgers. But I can't see the Vikings finishing far worse than second in the division, and I can't see I don't see a, a particularly strong group of potential wild card teams in the NFC. So it would be really hard. I think if the Vikings with this roster were in the AFC, they might be forced to try to rebuild. But Correct. they're not.
0: Yeah, they're not. Yep, if yeah, if you put them in, you know, the AFC West, good lord, you know, or something like that. I mean, even the East with with Buffalo and New England and Miami looking better, like yeah, there's just they do not stack up when it comes to that. But on their side of the ledger, um, you know, I don't trust Chicago with Justin Fields. I don't trust Detroit at all coming off of 3 and 13, and 1 and then um, you know, probably what they're they're going to have Jared Goff again, right? So, um, there's just like this is kind of like that's four wins that should be four wins gift wrapped for you. If you do enough other things in the draft and in free agency to kind of set yourself up, then you maybe you, you should be able to give the Packers a game at home like that's that's uh, that's not unreasonable. Um, and, and so you have just kind of a lot built into your schedule to pad it. Then just go out and win a few game, few more games, and you're up to 9, 10 wins, without having to put you know an incredible amount of effort into it. And um, and so it's right there. I, I, it's just a matter of have the moves that Quaziadofa Mensa has made so far. Has they been enough defensively? And that's where I do think like you know, while I like Hicks, while I like Harrison Phillips. Um, I still think that they they have to get a guy like Zadarius Smith to really kind of give them a chance to say, okay, this defense right now is demonstrably better than the group that we put out last season. And and that to me is where the biggest improvement has to come. And 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 so I have to think that they're really pressing to try and get Zadarius Smith done as sort of a you know, kind of cornerstone guy of their free agency to come in here and really revamp that thing.
1: let's get into more specifics on the Vikings roster. By the way, you can also hear uh, a former Vikings general manager break down the roster on the Jeff Diamond Show. Uh, Jeff Diamond's Vikings and NFL Insider usually comes out later in the week. And once again, thanks for for listening to TalkNorth.com and thank you to our sponsors, starting with StarBank, StarBank.net. Uh, Big banks aren't the only ones with mobile apps and convenient financial services. I'd like to tell you about Star Bank. Star Bank is an independent community bank in Minnesota. They're family-owned and treat customer relationships as a top priority. You're not a customer number at Star Bank, and they have no call center. It's just banking how it should be, a throwback to the good old days. Mobile app check, convenient services, you got it. Check out Star Bank for yourself. For deposits and lending solutions, work with a local community bank that cares, Starbank.net member FDIC and equal housing lender. Thanks also to Aquarius Home Services. Hey, it's Russo over at the Worst Seats in
0: the House podcast. Did you know that Aquarius Home Services is your one-stop shop for all your home service needs? That's right. Aquarius Home Services is your complete home service provider dedicated to providing the highest quality water treatment, plumbing, heating, cooling, and electrical services. They pride themselves on providing superior five-star quality service. They respect you, your time, and your home with attention to details that really make a difference. If you or anyone you know have questions or concerns about your water heating and cooling plumbing or electrical aquarius home services is here to help visit AquariusHomeservices.com for more details and don't forget to mention russo sent you
1: anything uh, strike you about uh, the restructuring and the, the efforts to bring daniel hunter back
0: well i think that for me you know it had been reported that the vikings were considering trading him um and i don't know this to be true and it hasn't been told to me by anyone involved with the talks but given the fact that they have you know got they are going forward and guaranteeing that 18 million there has to be two things that that to me make sense one is they have to be pretty reasonably optimistic that daniel hunter is going to be back healthy on the field this upcoming season and really be able to give them something from a production standpoint otherwise you know i think you move heaven and earth to to get him out of here and and move on from that so um so that has to be number one and number two i do think it could be fair to say that they did test the waters for Daniel Hunter. they looked around and any kind of offers that they got for him were not of the overwhelming quality that says okay uh, this is good enough value that we are going to ship out a guy who has emerged as a leader on this defense as one who when he is healthy is one of the better defensive players in the league and 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 so we're not going to take the risk of just dumping him for the sake of dumping him and trying to go out and get whether it's at smith whether it's others to replace him so i think that um it was probably a combination of the two there where they can see Daniel Hunter getting back closer to the player he was pre-injury and the impact that he can make but also that there weren't exactly a bunch of teams breaking down their door trying to get um trying to get Daniel Hunter away from them and and bring them into their facility so if they could have gotten some draft real solid draft pick compensation or, you know, maybe a defensive back or something that they could plug in as well. I could see them making that move. Obviously that didn't happen. And we understand why that is just given the, the the injuries that Daniel has had to kind of deal with for the last few years. So, um, you know, I want to see 99 back in purple and I want to see him get a chance to really play sort of freely and without, that any of the things that were holding him back and if that does happen I think that changes a heck of a lot for this defense and you know putting him in that three four scheme and using that versatility could really be a big thing as long as he can stay on the field
1: yeah and I I put him in the same category as Byron Buxton somebody who is capable of being that great you just have to roll the dice you have to roll the dice on talent and Hunter can be he can be one of the the best ever. You just you can't let that walk away if you have any hope of him actually staying on the field and being being himself,
0: yeah. and and I think like what what the Vikings had to weigh here too is like very much like with what the twins did with Buxton. If you let him go and he goes on no no matter what he does somewhere else, if he becomes a big star again or whatever like that, or if he even flames out, it's how are you replacing him? Mm-hmm. And I think that given the way that they're salary cap is strained just given to the other needs that they have to look into in the defensive backfield um, you know on the offensive line you know maybe even uh, at tight end at at a few other places i think that they looked at it as we have so many other issues to address and that we don't want to make defensive end slash edge rusher even more of an issue than it already is by potentially letting this guy go and so that's some of the calculus that the vikings had to look into is yes is just like how do we replace a guy who we have developed we drafted uh we developed him we've paid him and he is such of this kind of this quiet force in that locker room and then on the field he's in, in much louder uh that's that's what they have to kind of figure out and and they're you know while Zadarius Smith might be a nice compliment uh, to Daniil Hunter, uh, outside of that, there wasn't another option available for them. And they would have really been stuck in terms of trying to go out and and get somebody that they feel can slot into Ed Donatel's defense and, and really hold down that edge. And so um, I, I have no issues with them bringing him back as long as they have reasonable expectations of him getting back onto the field, playing uh, you know, most of the season, a majority of the season, and being kind of a, a solid performer there, even if he's not a 21-sack guy, but somebody who can just come in and give them versatility as a pass rusher and a run stopper. Uh, I, I have no
1: issue with them bringing him back just because they have so many other holes to fill. No doubt about it. Hey, what did you think of the Jordan Hicks pickup, and what do you think that means for Anthony Barr, if anything?
0: Well, I mean, I, I like it because, um, I, I do think that that group in general needs a huge kind of influx of athleticism and Hicks is an athletic linebacker. Um, and, and so they need kind of juice. They need, they need something. They need playmakers. They need guys who can go sideline to sideline, uh, like Eric Kendricks can, And so bringing him in, and I think it was was a two-year, $10 million deal, um, six and a half guaranteed, so you're not paying an enormous amount for him, but he comes in at a position that traditionally isn't paid a ridiculous amount either. So I think it was good value um, for what you're going to be paying him, and and I do think it can give... ah, you know I, I give it gives them another option to where they don't need Anthony Barr back. Now, I think both Adolfo Mensa and Kevin O'Connell have spoken really highly of Anthony Barr and kind of points to a, a possibility of bringing him back. But I think that that would be a situation where if Anthony Barr has no other options or you can get him on a very affordable deal, then you do bring him back because he's another guy who has dealt with a lot of injuries. He's getting older you need insurance for Anthony Barr if you're bringing him back. And Jordan Hicks represents some really quality insurance for them. So in general, I like that. I like the pickup. And and I think that I could see them addressing. I don't think it'll back, but I do think that it certainly gives them cushion in case they decide that they can't get to a number with him. Uh, or, or if he does come back and misses a bunch of games, that they have you know plenty around him to uh, to survive.
1: And now let's get to the Cousins deal. I'm sure uh, you know it's been talked out in this market quite a bit. But I, again, as, even if somebody who's not a big Kirk Cousins fan, I get it. You know, it's like you don't want him playing on such a massive deal that you can't do anything else this, else this year. You don't have a replacement. You don't even have a good backup. Uh, you're kind of locked into him until you develop somebody else. So it, even though I kind of hate to see NFL teams always kicking the can down the road, deferring big decisions paying big money for someone who hasn't produced the way they were supposed to i just don't know what other option they had
0: I, I, that's just what it comes down to jim and and so here's what we don't know like first of all everything that i've heard publicly and privately from the vikings is that kevin o'connell was very much in his corner it was not anything excuse me throw out a smoke screen and um and try and drive the, the price up any of that 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 Kevin O'Connell likes Kirk Cousins as a quarterback and wants to work with him. Now, here's the thing. like I think that because of the changes that were made at the top, at the leadership positions, there is a, a very strong segment of Vikings fans who feel like if we're going to move on, let's just move on totally and, and get Kirk Cousins out of here as well. Total fresh start. And, and, and whether that's a rookie, whether that's, You know, bringing in someone else as a as a bridge quarterback or whatever it is, just ready to move on. I understand that sentiment, but I don't think that uh, the Vikings were ever in the camp of we have to trade this guy. I think that they would have looked at it and said, if a team like Carolina, like another team, was going to blow us away with an offer, with you know, not Deshaun Watson level, but certainly you know, multiple picks. So, you know at least one or two first round picks and and salary cap relief and all of that that they would have looked at it but ultimately they they looked around and and you know very much like Daniil Hunter there wasn't that you know Godfather type of an offer that's like okay this is way too good for us to refuse we got to go with it and we'll figure out quarterback on the fly um, there just wasn't the market for Kirk Cousins that there was for Deshaun Watson crazily enough. Hmm. And, um, and, and so they are just moving forward with him. And in the absence of a real option to move him, now you got to figure out a way to make it work with, we can say what we will be still a competent quarterback who will give your, your team a higher floor. And I think that's what the best.
1: I will say I'd rather have Kirk Cousins than Deshaun Watson. I just can't believe the Browns are breaking, I mean, breaking records. For someone who you can't trust at all,
0: yeah. I mean, watching that all th- the whole thing play out, Jim, is just like I just I felt gross. Like, yeah, and and I look, I'm not covering the Cleveland Browns. Um, I'm not involved with you know the Deshaun Watson situation at all. But you just feel gross because it's not just that they gave up a boatload of draft capital and all that to get this guy who did not play all of last year, but also. I mean, the message that you send and then guaranteeing all of that money. Why why did they have to do that? I don't understand it. Like, you know, clearly they were trying to get above the other teams that were bidding for him, but there's a bridge too far for me. And I think that's it. Now, you know, there will be a big outcry in Cleveland and there will be a lot of criticism that the Browns have to face initially. But I'm sure that they are saying that once Watson gets into Uh, a Browns jersey and throws four touchdowns in a game to beat the Steelers all is going to be forgiven they are probably right by that in general but I just think that oh it feels gross like I just don't even I I I, I didn't comment on it on Twitter or anything like that just because it all feels gross uh that's it so like I I I am absolutely in the camp of much happier to be covering a team with Kirk Cousins at quarterback than covering one with Deshaun Watson
1: yeah, I uh, two years ago, if anybody told me that, I told you you were crazy. But, exactly. Uh, but, man, um, you know, and I, I still don't – again, I, I don't think I would – Cousins would have to really take this team deep on a playoff run for me to change my opinion about him. And that I don't see that – I'm not sure I see that happening. But, man, the Deshaun Watson thing is disgusting. It's just disgusting. And you think about the NFL, and they they try to slowly move forward – in terms of equity and equality, you see more women working for teams, you see more women officials, you see more women coaches, at least a few now, you know, and every half step they take forward, they do something like this that tells you they just don't really care about women. It's just, there's, I, I just don't see how
0: you can square the two things. Yes. We want more women involved in, in, in front offices and coaching staffs and in, in officiating. Yes um we are going to make the league more accessible to women we we are going to do the the pink jerseys for breast cancer awareness and and all of these things and then you go and have this like that the two things can are are mutually exclusive and when you do something like this where you are guaranteeing a quarterback with 22 civil lawsuits against him um 230 million dollars and you are also structuring the contract so that if he is suspended for any games in the upcoming season he only has a one million dollar base salary so he's not going to lose much of that money at all like all of that is not a slap in the face to the female fans it's spitting right in their face and just saying we don't care like this is we think that he is going to play so well that you are going to forget about all of this and they are probably right with a large segment of their fan base but it just is going to be even more cringeworthy when the browns come out in october or whenever it is and they're wearing pink wristbands and pink cleats um and love you back Uh, at all what happens in the lawsuits or any of any of the other things that come forward like that's it's just it's it's galling, but the NFL is has always been the most shameless league in in the country. Like they will do whatever it takes to win games and make money. and they do not care who is hurt uh, along the way.
1: Well said, good stuff from John. Thanks to Brandon. Thanks again to starbank, Starbank.net, and Aquarius Home Services, which uh, sponsors a number of shows across the Talk North platform. Uh, thank you for listening to talknorth.com Check out the Jeff Diamond Show, and we'll be back next week to talk to you more.